The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. So what's up? on Saturday, as I was taking in the college football conference championship Come games, on, you were watching. You I were was. at a so- soccer game or no, a no, no. skiing event or no, something. So, so, so my wife Michelle took my son Alex to ski brule, so they were gone for the weekend. My daughter was fresh off of uh, performing uh, Susicle the musical the last couple nights, so she was kind of uh, in R and R mode on Saturday. So I was just taking in the conference championship games wow, after after morning of Premier League football had wrapped up. Okay. So, you know, I was watching... What time does, does Premier League football kick off? So it starts at 6 in the morning. Kevin Zipak can tell you. Uh, yeah. You watch 6. You have the 6 a.m. game, the 9 a.m. multiple games going on. Then on the 11.30 kickoff, and usually that's the last of the day. However, there was a Man U Newcastle game that was going on at 2. Okay. They had a late start on Saturday, but I, I, had, uh, I had that on along with um, the Alabama-Georgia game gotcha. as well. So I was watching that and perusing through the Athletic, the app, which is always uh, full of fodder to take in. And Diana Rossini posted her NFL Week 13 notes on Saturday. So I was kind of just skimming through it, and then my eyes perked up when I saw a little piece on the Bears and Kevin Warren in particular. And I will read you the following and get your thoughts. Some of this should come as no surprise, but I always find it interesting when an NFL, you know, league-wide writer gives you this insight. Because we've been hearing a lot more from Albert Breer lately talking about Kevin Warren's importance inside the organization. Something I think we all know locally, but when you hear the league-wide writers start to talk about it. Well, we've all, I think, kind of wondered just... How loud his voice is going to be and how much of an appetite he has for uh, change. But I think that we've all also agreed that he's in in observation mode right now until the end of the season. Yes, and I think Rossini's piece kind of reiterates a lot of that. She said, Warren's will to win. The Chicago Bears have no plans to make any in-season moves regarding their coaching staff. A league source told me this current staff is expected to finish out the regular season and then decisions will be made. I think we all agree that that's something this Bears organization likes to do. Um, she continues, lots of decisions, big decisions, the future of quarterback Justin Fields, the futures of head coach Matt Eberflus and general manager Ryan Poles. Everything is being evaluated. A little less than a year ago, the Bears brought in former Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren as the organization's new CEO slash president. At the time, Chairman George McCaskey called Warren, quote, a man of integrity, respect and excellence. Warren started working at Hallis Hall in April and since then has been the leader of their stadium endeavors. And that's not all. A league source told me Warren has been given the power to oversee polls and the Bears front office. He's earned it, too, with more than two decades of decades of experience in the NFL. Warren has a strong hand in football operations and will have a significant role in the potential firings, hirings and decisions at the quarterback position. 
He has spent the last eight months getting a feel for the organization. McCaskey praised Warren during his hire as a, quote, proven leader who has many times stepped outside of his comfort zone to challenge status quo for unconventional growth and prosperity. So what can we expect from Warren? He won't be making any knee-jerk decisions or choosing a path for optics. He's described as methodical, unemotional, a planner. There's a long-term approach being applied. It doesn't take a lot of emotion to see that the Bears could be in line for another major overhaul. Well, my first reaction would be, uh, yes, that's what he was hired, and that's how he's been advertised as their new president of football ops. Mm -hmm. I would be discouraged if, in fact, the meat of that article suggested that there's still no, there's no consensus on how much power he does have. Like, I, I, I think if we get to the end of the season and, and decisions are made with a heavy influence of George and the ownership crew, then we've got issues. Mm-hmm. Because you brought in Kevin Warren to take over for Ted Phillips, and you're giving, you should be giving, and it was advertised as him being given, you know, full autonomy to do what he feels is necessary on the football side. Yes. So, I mean, as the president of football ops or the president of the organization, whatever his title is, I would hope he would have say yes. over the destinies of the people that work for him, including the general manager and the head coach. I would expect that he wouldn't have taken the job if there was some sort of, yeah, but you have to keep this person or this person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want him to be autonomous. I want him to be the football czar. And we'll see whether or not he can do you know, a, a fantastic job or what kind of job he can do playing that role but the last thing i want to see is somebody who's been given this this title who doesn't have all the powers that should go with it so yeah. i'm just glad i'm glad to hear that that's what diana is reporting i don't know what direction he's going to go my yeah. my I, i've said a couple of things over the course of the last several weeks first of all I do believe he's been in observation mode, and he, he took the job officially in April. And he probably felt it was judicious of him to sit back and watch more so than be front-facing and be out there, you know, speaking and making, you know, different decisions. I think he wanted to see how everything kind of rolls at Hallis Hall and what's he got to work with here before he came to any long-term conclusions. I do believe that he probably didn't realize the extent of some of the, the issues, like having to fire two coaches for in non-football season. stuff. Yes, in season. You're right. The fact that his football team continues. They, they just won their first division game <laughs> under Matt 13 Eberflus. tries and under Matt Eberflus. That they haven't won consecutive games since week 16 and 17 of the 2021 season. My guess is, is whatever the case may be, that that he didn't realize, Kevin Warren didn't realize just the extent of change that was necessary on a number of fronts. Um, so I think, you know, I think when we get to the end of this season, I think you're going to get a good, firm presentation from him as to what his vision is. Yes. Until we, and until- I don't believe there'll be any waffling from Kevin Warren, and I don't believe that he will have been neutered in any way by ownership. I tend to want to believe that he is going to exercise the autonomy that he has allegedly been hired to. So, to possess. And I agree. And I think in that regard, what Rossini wrote is a good indicator that that's something we should all expect. And I don't expect George McCaskey to meddle in what Kevin Warren wants to do. 
I, I don't want you to. I don't want you to keep people employed because of financial ramifications. Exactly. exactly. And I, we listen. I could be proven wrong, and if at the end of the season, depending on how these final five games go, and I'm honestly not sure that anything can happen in these final five games, short of the Bears running the table, going five and zero, and looking like a drastically different football team. Short of that, I'm not sure that there's much that Matt Eberflus can do to retain his job. But I we agree shall, with you. We shall see. I agree with you, but you do have to let it play exactly. out. Exactly. Same thing with the coach, same thing with the quarterback, same thing with everybody. Yes. I, I think that they've, they're have they leaning maybe heavily in one direction, mm-hmm. but my hope is is they'll wait to, to gather the information that will present itself be- over the next five weeks before making decisions on a number of fronts. And because we know the way the McCaskies like to operate, never having fired a coach in season. I thought that was silly to think that was ever going to happen exactly. at any point this year. Listen. It maybe felt like it was a possibility as they headed into that Thursday night against Washington when they were 0-4. Things were a disaster. They had just blown a huge lead to the Denver Broncos when they looked like they couldn't like they they looked like the best offense in football that first half. And then they blew that game to the Broncos and things seemed like they were going sideways. It seemed like it might, if ever it was going to happen, had they lost to the Commanders on Thursday night, maybe that would have been the moment. But once they won that game, I think we all know, having watched this team play out through its history, that the McCaskies don't want to go. They're not a knee-jerk ownership group. Well, and, and not they just that, They pride Jeff. in that, whether they yes. should or not. And, and not just that, but listen, like last year was a full teardown. Mm-hmm. While I expected more significant progress to take place and be more evident early, like, they could definitely look at you and say, well, what did you expect? Well, this is year one of the rebuild. Yeah, it's not gone as well as we had hoped, but we had no, you know, delusions that we were going to be a true competitor for anything. Yes. A contender for anything. So I just never thought, I thought they would always lean on that, even if it got really, really bad or stayed really, really bad, that they would lean on the whole prospect of or the whole concept of, look, this is year two of a massive rebuild and really year one of the rebuild because last year was all about tearing it down to its studs. Yes. Now... What I found interesting was that later in the article, Diana Rossini added this little piece. If the Bears move on from quarterback Justin Fields and head coach Matt Eberflus, is that the best available coaching job in football? Of the ones, obviously, that would become available. Because I think you can make a case that, all right, let's, let's play the optimist yes. case, okay? I think you've, if you're a coach, you've got the opportunity, even if you decide... If a coaching change is made, Mm -hmm. you may decide, they may decide, everyone may decide that that you're okay with the quarterback that exists currently. Mm -hmm. And then you can use all of that draft currency to build your team in other positions. Or you have the flexibility, if you want to pivot and go in another direction with your own guy, you have the... You have the the ammunition to do that as well. Yes. You finally, it feels like hopefully you have a football guy running the team. So the the entire hierarchy makes more sense now. I think you've got a roster filled with some pretty good guys. Are they ready to win a title now? No. Or would they make you forget of the about the 49ers or the Eagles? No. But you've got some really nice pieces to build with, and you got a lot of money, and you got a lot of draft picks going for it. I think it is a desirable destination now more than ever. And I would agree completely, especially with the Panthers pick, 
which is likely worst case scenario at this point. It's hard to envision a possibility where the Panthers won't be giving you at least the first or second overall pick. Right. Maybe the Patriots find a way to sneak into the top spot if the Panthers win a game here in the final five weeks. But the reality is the Bears are likely getting number one or number two overall, which if the job becomes available, that's going to give you the opportunity to, as you just said, either decide I want to go, I want to, you know, run, make it, make a run with Justin Fields and surround him with some more talent, or I've got my franchise quarterback who I can select if I take this job. Look at the t- it's it's not it's not as if you wa- if in fact you walk into this situation it's not as, as if you're walking into a situation where Zach Wilson is your quarterback. No, like, <laughs> like it, it's that would be an easy decision. This one makes it you know with Justin and some of the things he has done well, it, it makes the decision harder. But you still may find somebody that would like a a total, you know, a, a, a reset. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the case will be with regardless of who it is that they decide to set their sights on think there's enough there there's enough on the roster and there's enough there in terms of cap space and there's enough there in terms of draft currency that you can be a pretty good football team in a short period of time if you find the right people think about the nonsense that goes on every sunday with some of the mediocrity like i just i think the bears were on, on a couple of the in the hunt i was gonna say i was gonna boards. bring that up at four and eight. Were. that was that was cause for celebration for me is that when i saw they were the last team but of the teams included on the nfc graphic yesterday on fox when the the, the 49ers were finishing their throttling of the eagles in the hunts the bears were the last team to make the graphic the, with think their about, four and eight record th- think but about they it, were like, not on the nbc graphic yeah, yeah they were. sunday night yeah they, they, they had NBC, a little more common sense i was just saying nbc t- treats their broadcast a little, a little bit more, more seriously than fox crunching numbers right? i mean like, seriously look at the look at the entire nfc the south is basically the falcons are in first place with a six and six record sure i mean the 49ers are the only team in the west with a winning record mm-hmm the Rams have well, a six and six record. The Seahawks are six and six. Yes, I mean, my point is, is the Vikings are six and six. The Packers are six and six. There's a lot of mediocre, mediocre football being played. The easiest thing to do, and it's not easy, is to go from a three win team to an or eight or seven nine or win eight. team. Eight. Mm-hmm. The hard part is going from the eight or nine or yes. win team into like the eleven or twelve win teams. Yes, that's the hard part. So I'm not saying it's easy to go from three to eight or nine. But it's easier to take that leap than it is to take the next step. And what they need to, I think if you're a coach looking at this team, I think you feel pretty confident that you've got the resources and a few of the pieces already in place. Oh, that you can become one of these teams that is six and six at the 12 week point or seven and five or one of these teams that may not be at the top of the division, but is certainly in playoff. You know, in the playoff chase. To be realistically, realistically in, the in the hunt. It's not hard to be one of those teams these days, is it? No. What, yeah, and to your point about going from three wins, I, I would say it's honestly probably easier to go from three wins to nine wins than it is to go from nine to 11. Absolutely. Because if you get to the 11 win mark, you're, you're 11 and six, or, or that tw- if you get 12 wins, you're a damn good football team. Really hard to get to yeah. that number and not be considered one of the better teams in the league. And generally, if you get to 11 or 12 wins, especially when you've only played, if you got to 12 wins in like a 16-game era, you were a legit Super Bowl contender. Right. So when you ask, I mean, when she asked, or makes the statement or you ask the question, like how desirable of a job would this be if, in fact, they decide to, to turn it over, 
Um, I, I would think it's more desirable now than it has been in a very long time. And I would say, remember, Adam Schefter, was it a week ago, said that seven to ten jobs could become open this hiring cycle. And if you look at it, so the we know right now that the Panthers job is going to be open. We expect the Raiders job could be open. I suppose Antonio Pierce could actually become, you know, he could be hired, but that one could very well be open as well. Then you look around the Patriots, Chargers, the the Chargers, the Titans. There's conversations that Mike Mike Vrabel might be out there, and he might be the only way you're getting rid of Mike Vrabel is if he's going to New England to take over for for Bill Belichick. If you fired Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, you'd be foolish. They may be foolish. That doesn't mean organizations They're, can't be foolish, though. I'm, I don't. I'm not saying I disagree with Mike Vrabel before I'd hire a lot of other. Okay, guys. so but so the Chargers you mentioned. We all expect Brandon Staley to be out. The Commanders, you know, Ron Rivera. I don't know if there's anything he can do at this point. I said the Panthers. Maybe the Bucks job becomes open, depending on how they finish out the season, and then the Saints as well. They're kind of a hot mess, and I think a lot of people are disenchanted with Dennis Allen these days. So that right there is... Some people think the Bills, too. There you go. Yeah, there. Didn't they so, come out? I mean, they got the voted or the uh, the dreaded vote of confidence. Yeah. I thought that there was a comment that said that the owner there is... I, I would say if the Bills miss the playoffs, I think Sean McDermott is definitely going to have... Has there been talk that the, the, the Titans want to move away from Mike oh, Grable? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Well, that and... It's more prevalent now than ever, but the coaching trade. Yes. Like, we've seen that a number of times. Like, who knows? Maybe could the Rams trade Sean McVay, too? Like, there, there's oh. a bunch of other ones that, that are think, out there, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Sean McVay is probably, probably safe, unlikely. But I think it's something that, I mean, we would have thought Sean Payton a long time ago, too. Yeah, especially, though, because the, the Rams are 6-6 six and six and playing well these days. It's hard to I mean, I, I The Browns, Stefanski, you know, even though they're playing well, I know a lot of people have said that he's somebody who, if the Browns end up missing the playoffs and with their quarterback situation, they could be available. So of those teams I named, though, outside of maybe maybe the Chargers because they have Justin Herbert, is there any team that really looks like they're a better destination than the Bears on paper? The Patriots, let's throw them in there. Just every possibility. I, I mean, no, I mean, oh, I if, guess the Bills. If the Bills' job gets open, right. would you rather be the Bear, the Bills head coach than the Bears? Well, you have a, you have a better opportunity to win faster. Correct, and Bills. you know you know your quarterback Josh Allen is a a, a franchise quarterback, and you know period and stop. Right. I don't think anybody's got. If you ask about the combined assets, yes. Does anybody have more than the Bears with with regard to cap space and draft picks and no. where those draft picks land? No. no. So there's no team in the National Football League that's got more res- more resources to work with. Yes. How about from a talent collections point? We didn't name this team, but it could possibly happen if we get the doomsday scenario and it's closer to 10 teams than seven. Mm-hmm. What about the Falcons? Yeah, I, I, I could well, listen. They're, they're probably in a decent spot because it's they're probably going to win the division right now. You'd pick the, them to win the NFC South. Well, they may have you could argue maybe that they have more pieces. I don't, I mean... They've invested more in their offensive huddle than any team in the league. I mean, I think that we, I'd have to go through what the, or the, the, the Falcons have position by position. But I don't think they have nearly the draft currency or the, or the no, cap space. And, and listen, I don't know how many people want to marry their future to Desmond Ritter outside of Arthur Smith. Right. Most people would say we need to get that quarterback. I would fixed. think that, one of, again, one of the biggest attractions to this particular job, again, if it comes open, 
And again, you can hear the, the Matt Eberflus show right here at 210 day after a game, which will be next Monday yeah. because they play the, the, the Lions. Bye week this week, so Sunday. no Matt Eberflus today. Um, that I, I would think that the ability to either build with Justin, if that's how you see fit, or to move off of him with the number one overall selection and have your choice. And what was advertised yes. just probably six or eight weeks ago is one of the, the, the richest quarterback drafts that we've seen in quite some time. I mean, there has been a little bit of a wavering from that from some. And even though I know, like, even if that Bill's job does become open and I know what you have in Josh Allen, to your point, the Bears' job is a blank canvas, and you've essentially given me every color of paint to work with. You say, go ahead, paint me a masterpiece if you're the next head coach to come in here with the Bears. Whereas with the Bills, even though I know I have Josh Allen, I've already started to create the outline of what I want you to draw. And there's some great expectations because I know you have some of the most expensive paints to work with. So there's a huge expectation as well if you go to take that Bills job if it becomes available. So I think Diana Rossini's question is fair. The Bears' job, if it becomes available with what they have available should be the most interesting and... It's a very attractive spot, Yeah, the most sure. attractive spot of any head coach out there. And so that's why... I, I think that, you know, that that's another feather in the cap. I mean, it, I can't, or, can't suggest it's earned because, you know, you, it's, it's a direct result of and, yeah. not being good for over an extended period of time. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's a good selling point. And, 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 you know, I mean, I don't know if a coach would ever get to that, but... You know, the organization is hopefully pointed in the right direction as well with a new facility, a new stadium, rather. So, look, I, you know I'm biased, so I will tell you I think it's a great job. I think it's a, it's a really good job if, in fact, Kevin Warren is given the authority to do what he wants. So a lot of uh, good things for Bears fans. I think if you, 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 know, you take the macro approach, you can, you can be more optimistic than maybe we've been in the last couple of years. Let's take a couple of calls real quick before we get to Waddle's world. Let's try Chad, who's in St. Charles. Chad, what's up? You're on Waddle and Sylvie Miller, and for Sylvie today. Hey, how's it going? Um, first thing I want to say is I think the Bears' next head coach would be either Matt Eberflus with a new offensive coordinator or Jim Harbaugh. Like, those would be the two. Um, I also think that they, I think Poles has done a really good job as far as with the defense. I think they've drafted a lot of talent. Um, they've spent two second round picks the last two years, uh, early third, and basically next year's second round pick on defense, and the defense is coming around. Um, my concern, though, is I don't know if we'll be able to do that with offensive skill positions. You look at like their first pick with Bayless Jones, and he sucks. Like, I don't know. I, I think that you still need to be patient. I think that they're going to probably go three and two the last five games or so, and the defense is going to look amazing, and that's pretty much it. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. Uh, thanks, Chad. I, I don't know, like, who's taking this job if the head coach stays, but you want to replace the offensive yeah. coordinator. Who, who's taking this job as OC? Because you, you have zero job security. Yeah. Because if they run it back one more time, and let's say that, that you lose a couple more games in 2024 in catastrophic fashion, or there is some other stuff that occurs... And then they decide then to make a change. Like, I, I don't think that you're going to get a partial change of your staff. Yeah. That, I think what you're going to get, because the, I mean, if they keep the, the, the existing head coach, you're going to have to hire a defense coordinator. I don't believe that they're going to move off of guys. I just don't. Again, who are you going to hire? Yeah. 
who with a better resume or a resume as a as a an accomplished play caller is going to come into that environment where you have zero job security? Yeah, if if anything, if if that was the sh- decision the team went, I'd rather see them move on from Justin Fields, keep Luke Getze in place, and then try it with a new quarterback. That might not be what every Fields fan out there wants to hear, but the reality is, I'd, I'd rather the Bears go down that route than I can't imagine that again. Let's keeping. Let's, fields and then trying a new oc yeah i mean it 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 doesn't matter what we think what do you think kevin warren's thinking about that kind of concept like that's just the putting a band-aid on a head wound like i i think if you're going to make change you're not going to go halfway yeah i i think i think that just speculation i think if you're going to if you have an appetite for change it's going to be an appetite for significant change not just moderate change ken's in colorado my second favorite state ken what's going on Ken. Ken is not there. Let's try Jimmy on the north side. Jimmy, what's Jimmy. up, man? How's it going, fellas? Jimmy. That's your family. Same to you, Jimmy. Meller, thanks for uh, sitting in for Sylvie while he uh, suffers Packers panic attacks at home. <laughs> this was a perfect time, Jimmy, for him to be away. Yes, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, God. Totally planned. Yeah. He was texting us last night from uh, his resort in Mexico saying he's still not afraid. I'm not sure I believe him. Yeah, with a smiley, you know, or kind of a laughing emoji. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that said, I lost my passport. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, guys, here's the question about these refs. Like, Terry McCauley's up in the NBC booth Mm -hmm. nailing these calls like 99% of the time. How is he getting these calls right and they aren't getting them right in the field? I mean, like, they have refs up above, refs in the New York center i guess it's probably like a casino thing uh but if it, you know I, they're watching the same game i just find it amazing well you just nailed it terry mccauley has an, uh, the the he has the benefit or the advantage of having several television monitors to access whereas these officials on the field don't and it's the reason jimmy why i'm an advocate especially in big situations yeah. i would say listen i've said this a million times i think every Roughing the quarterback penalty should be quickly reviewed Mm -hmm. because it's such an instrumental play. I don't know that I want to go back to reviewing pass interference, but you just like these guys got to be better at at, at officiating those plays. But New York can call, can feed down to them on the radio and say, throw the flag. And I saw Mike Pereira get interviewed, and he says that's what's creating this, this. confusion because either they don't know to throw it, pick it up, throw it, pick it up. My guess is these guys and gals are not getting a lot of reps uh, over the course of uh, the year. But in terms of the Bears, you know, I know we talk about the quarterback a lot. If you think about the sequence of events, right, I think that they'll move on to a new coach. So you got to hire your new coach first. Then it's free agency, right? And you have $120 million to spend. Those are two decisions that McCaskey's and or Kevin Warren are going to have to make that are going to be critical. And then I think you let Harbaugh, with polls, make a quarterback decision. And I wanted to suggest something you guys brought it up earlier. J.J. McCarthy is only 20 years old. If you can get him maybe a little later in this first round, doesn't matter because you have all the currency you want to move. But if you can take Marvin Harrison first, or even second and get something for him if a quarterback, you know what I mean, someone wants to move up to get him. Mm-hmm. But, like, to me, to me, like, the draft currency is kind of, like, last thing of importance. And I was a little disgusted after the Bears beat the Vikings that Sylvie put up a poll that said, like, 
62% of the Bears fans were upset that they won. This team has had no sign for two years. They're on national TV on the road against a divisional rival. How could you possibly have their draft pick in mind when they already have a number one draft pick on the verge of being locked up? I mean, it's a little backwards. No, yeah. I, I'm with you, and I think that's the, that's, call, that's the key point, is you have the Panthers pick. Right. You do not need That's why I'm team. not cheering for losses. No, no, not at I all. I mean, like, look, you're at the point now where you, you have to learn how to win, and, and if you yes. win games, it's going to be in large part. Like, I don't want to see them win games because mm-hmm. of eight-year vets. I don't even know how many eight-year vets you have. Sure. I want to see them win games. I don't games. need Cody White here. Right. <laughs> I want to see them win games because the young guys are, are yes. delivering in crunch time. And getting better and, if and that learning happens, how to win. And then fantastic. Yes. Yeah, you get You're the going best. to have the first pick of the draft more than likely anyway from the Carolina Panthers. This is the rare situation fans never get to experience. You have the best of both worlds. Yeah. You're going to have the first or second overall pick in the draft. And your team can get better and possibly win games in the process. Don't worry about whether they're picking fifth or tenth. Okay, I just would say this to Jimmy's point about look. I I, and again, I don't know what direction they're going to go, but I think if you're making a coach, if you're making change, my expectation would be sweeping change. I think that the only person that's probably got some degree of safety, and I think he's got a pretty good amount of, of, of security up there from previous hires is Ryan Poles. Mm-hmm. I think everything else is on the table. I just, I, I mean, I don't see a halfway change coming from the new president. He's, I think if you are going, he is going to make change. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be significant change, but we'll find out. He is Tom Waddle. I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today. We go inside Waddle's world next. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you're here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. It's been some uh, football news uh, that came out You don't say. Today. Yeah. Uh, Shaq Leonard news. has signed with the Eagles. He did. He chose the Eagles over the Cowboys. Yes. Interesting. I mean, that Eagles defense. Look, I, and I know we'll probably talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun game to watch, especially if you're a 49ers fan like me. Yep. Uh, I think the 49ers got them at the right time. The Eagles, I believe, were playing their third game in 13 days. You are correct about that. Uh, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse as to why they got beat so badly by the 49ers. The 49ers got into their bye, fixed some stuff, came out of their bye, and have been a machine, I think, in the three games. It was a three games since they came out of the bye. But they put it on. Yeah. They put it on the Eagles. Uh, but there's no question that they could use some help in their back seven. Yeah, and truth be told, the 49ers, as long as they're healthy, I fully expect them to be lifting the Lombardi Trophy really? at the end of the season. Yes. As long as they, and, and even if they're not healthy, is like, like, like certain, as long as critical players are healthy, and that might be a group of eight to nine players, but if most of those guys are healthy, I think they are by far and away the best team in the NFL, and I expect that they will win the Super Bowl. I like what you're saying right at there. At the end of the year. Has uh, everyone now, I mean, like, I know you've always been on board, but I was always catching grief from a lot of people about my 
Kyle love Shanahan, a Kyle Shanahan offense going back several years ago. Listen, I mean, I had my pants fully off, dude. Listen, early in that game, I'm a I'm a I'm a card carrying member of the Shanahan fan, fan club since the early 90s. I think I'd stalk him if like, I, like, like if I lived da- in the area. I started with his dad, Mike, yeah. and you know I think he he learned a lot from Kyle learned a lot from his dad, uh, and he has applied it brilliantly to what he's done. You know. He gets he catches flack for the Falcons blowing a huge lead in the Super Bowl right. to the Patriots, but it's one of those it's you know double edged sword. You could be like they were able to run up a huge lead on the Patriots in the Super Bowl, you know. So you, it's hard not to like what he does. What happened with the guy Big Dom out in that game? Like I know, oh Big Dom that, and that Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw came over to. I don't think well, anybody's this is, right in this situation. If you didn't catch all of it. Let's go downstairs to Tom. What's going on down there, Tom? You're Ge- seeing it. Kev, that happened maybe five yards away from where we're standing. You can see that it's when Greenlaw reached out toward Dom, who provides security and so much else. As we're talking the Eagles. Over. Personal foul, number 57 of San Francisco, who has also been disqualified. Team told you they could do that after looking at it, and he has been thrown out. That's enormous. Fox with the call, Tom Rinaldi, Kevin Burkhart. And then then Big Dom got kicked out. Rightfully so. Well, forget kicked out. He should probably... I mean, the NFL suspended... this. My buddy John Tarpey, who is head of security for the Chicago Bears, would have never put himself in that situation that Big Dom found himself in. John Tarpey would take care of his business by himself, and he wouldn't be out there taunting players. The... NFL suspended the Miami Dolphins cameraman right. for because Tyreek Hill took his camera and he was right. excited. Yeah. Big, Big Dom's Big gotta Dom, catch himself a suspension, doesn't he? Big Dom, he? I think, needs to be off the sidelines for the entire season. Bare minimum. I'm with you. Um like listen, I'm not Greenlaw deserved to be kicked out as well. You can't touch anybody, you know, who's on the, the sidelines. The only thing that I could remember was do you remember Sal Alosi? The, he was the, the Jets' uh, strength and conditioning coach who tripped the Dolphins player or attempted to trip him when he was running along the sidelines. This is like probably 15 years ago now. Yeah. Do you remember that, though? That was the one time I actually recall anything like that occurring where a, someone on the sidelines who wasn't directly on the team was making an impact on the game. Yeah, Tomlin, too. Tomlin tried to trip someone. That's as well. right, but he but Tomlin kind of pulled it back, right? He didn't actually do it. Like, but yeah, no, I, I no, know. he 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 had his. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I mean, he made contact with anyone though. Tomlin. By the way, Big Dom is seen with his hands on Greenlaw. Yeah, like I I, I just said. I mean, Greenlaw deserved to be. I, maybe I wouldn't kick Greenlaw out. I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is there. I think you have to use discretion. But you can't set a precedent that he's allowed to to touch, you know, whether no, it's a strength coach or a, a trainer or whoever it is. I mean, I'm I'm not going to fault them for kicking Greenlaw out. I would have had a problem if Big Dom was allowed to stay. He had to go too. Yes, no, and definitely. I'm with you. I think that the the league needs to make sure that that situation doesn't present itself. Again. I, I say free Big Dom. I don't think he did anything Why? wrong. Don't get free out of here. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, what are no. you talking? Free about? my man. You can't touch a player. Because you are been empowered by the team as the chief of security. Big or your Don part is of security. now going to be their sister, Gene. Like, <laughs> yeah, he is going to power that team to a Super Bowl. By the way, side note on the Eagles coaches. You know what I love? 
how all the Italian coaches have the Italian flag on the side of their it's hats. Sirianni does it's as Sirianni, well. Sirianni, yeah. you dumb, yeah. has one on yeah. his too. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. It's amazing. It is. It's fine. Just, you know, Big Dom's not allowed to touch people. He's also, Big Dom also has like a compression sleeve on his right arm. Does he really? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. That. Does he think he's going to be asked to come in and, and, and snap? Well, if, listen, going to run the tush push. If he needs to throw down with one of the players, he's ready to go. I don't know why there's so many guys on the sidelines to begin with. Whatever. Um, how about this Thursday nighter? Oh, God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be. Steelers and the Patriots. And it looks like Mitch is going to be their starter because Kenny Pickett is out. He underwent ankle surgery. You know, something that they do with high ankle sprains. He's not going to be put on injured reserve, but it accelerates the healing process. But he will be out for the game against the Patriots. Now, the Patriots have one game remaining with the Jets. Aside from that, though, this is the only other game on their schedule that the Patriots realistically, I think, can think about winning. So, for draft purposes, for Bears fans, if you want somehow, some way, you know, a win uh, on Thursday against Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers would go a long way in basically locking up that number one overall pick from the Panthers. By the way, back to Big Dom. uh, It's from an article that says the NFL reportedly will look to make an example of the Eagles security czar. A high-level executive predicted to pro football talk there will be significant punishment imposed both on Dom DeSandro and the Eagles after Philadelphia's senior advisor to the general manager slash chief security officer touched 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw to break up a scuffle. Yeah, there should be. Yeah, you know. I'm with you. Team security officials are not in-game bouncers. Keeping the peace is the job of the officials. There you go. Well, that yes. was from Florio. We read I'm, on I'm, I'm curious to see what significant will be. By the way, Brock Purdy is now the favorite to win the MVP. And the 49ers are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I would say still that Dak Prescott would get my money for MVP. I think there's better value there. Dak's got 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. A quarterback rating that's a little bit below Purdy's, but he's completing 70% of his passes. What, what are what are Dak's odds again? I don't know. Uh, he's plus 350, I believe. Plus 350. Dak is plus 350. I'm with you there because here's the thing. I know Christian McCaffrey is inside the top 10 in terms of uh, odds to win it right now and I find it hard to believe that Brock Purdy is going to ultimately win this award when he's got another player on his team right, right. there in the same yeah, conversation I, I'm with you. like look I'm not one that diminishes Purdy's accomplishments because he's in a great system with a lot of great players you still have to throw that rock you still have to spin it and mm-hmm. he, he throws with great anticipation he pushes the ball downfield he's not just a dink and dunker uh, I think he's played really really well as he a product of that system. Well, we can have but, that argument all you want, but you've got to give him credit for doing what he's doing. But that narrative will be held against him, I think, in voting if, in fact, Dak finishes strong. Yes. Dak will be considered someone who is 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 an MVP candidate, not because of the system he's been placed Correct. in, but because of his talent. Yes, absolutely. So my guess is if... The season were to end today or the season were to continue in the manner in which it has for everybody, I would think Dak would be more likely to win it than Brock Purdy. This may be semantics, but I wish they would rename the award NFL Player of the Year as opposed to MVP. Because for me, MVP, I, still, is MVP is if you could have any player in the league, who would be the first guy you would select for just one season? I don't care what their age is. Patrick me, Mahomes. It is Patrick Mahomes. He's the most valuable player. Yes. But if you ask me who's the player of the year, 
that's where I could start to wrap my head around the idea that someone like you Brock like Purdy a good or, semantical yes, argument, I do. don't you? But yeah. whether it, but I, I think it's you fair. know what I'm saying. Like, point. like yeah. I think the most valuable player in football is still Patrick Mahomes. But, I agree with you. Okay, I don't, I don't dispute that at all. But I don't believe he's had the best year. Agreed. That's right. why it should be Player of the Year. And then I could say, okay, Dak or Brock Purdy. Lincoln Riley says Caleb Williams is going to sit out USC's bowl game, which I guess we all kind of considered that was going to be the case, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think Tyler. I heard him mention it. The only the biggest indication last week he said would if that Caleb Williams was not actually going to enter the draft would right. be if he played. In the bowl I game. thought it was unlikely whether or not he was coming back or not that he would this, play in the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, well, this locks it, I think, that yeah. he is going to the draft. Him sitting out of this bowl game locks it. I thought it was silly to think he wasn't going to make himself eligible for the draft. There was no reason. Yeah, there's no there reason. No, I was never that afraid of it. I know there's been the rumblings and his family saying just, all sort of stuff. But I don't like that you're getting reports that that's even an option. Like, look, you're going to probably be the number one overall pick. What would be the reason why you don't want to enter the NFL draft. You get no... You don't know. It's not like you would know the next season who would have the number one overall pick. You could end up in a worse situation. Yeah. So why would you go back to school and prolong your ability to sign a second contract? By the way, you're going to make more money as the first pick in the National Football League than you will NIL money at the collegiate level. That's just, I don't think even that's even an Even argument. if you're driving a Ferrari or whatever. Whatever. Well, you can have two of them here in the NFL yeah. because not only are you going to make millions in your first contract, but all of those advertisements and endorsements that you were doing at the collegiate level, you're going to be able to do them here in the NFL level as well. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, the transfer, transfer portal is getting quite busy. Uh, I believe Ohio State's quarterback has Kyle McCord has entered the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma's starting quarterback Dylan Gabriel has entered the transfer portal. Yeah. Like everybody has entered the transfer portal. The portal is open for business. So we'll see what transpires there. All right, that's enough uh, of, uh, of sports stuff. When we come back, I will bring you some nonsense, including a story uh, Meller will hate because it's about poop. That's next. Nice. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you, making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Miller, I'm here to help medically. So when I tell you olive oil can help you poop if you have constipation, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not trying to gross you out. I'm just trying to help people out there that may be constipated. Maybe constipated. A little olive oil. Have you ever been you? constipated? Ever? I'm yeah. sure I have. I, I don't know that I've ever been constipated. I usually have the other issue. <laughs> I usually on the other side of that conversation. I can, yeah, and I guess not nothing to the degree where it was like extremely memorable. So maybe nothing where I've ever taken medication for it. So I, can't I think if it works, ever, you know, listen, it's it's a natural, uh, you know, it's a natural remedy. So lubricants, if you will. I guess. Yeah. So mm. olive oil. It's what something. Do you, what that, is, do I just take a, like a tablespoon of olive oil? Or well, what's I think the... you should consult somebody, but yeah, maybe a tablespoon. But you're, the, you're, you're playing the role of doctor here, so uh, take Dr. a swig out of. Do you have olive oil at like? Of we have bottle, we have bottles oil. of yes. olive oil. Of course, oil we have olive oil at the house. Just take a swig. Although we're more of an avocado oil family, more often really? than not these days, it's healthier. Avocado oil. It's healthier than olive oil. I saw that for the first time the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. No, we. I buy it every week at the grocery store. So, look at you. 
I mean, it's part of what I all be healthy as you. Listen, I'm not saying you can or or you have to be. Here's an odd story for you, and I read this because Kevbo in there had an interesting comment about the Z Pack. Florence Pugh was left shocked as she was hit in the face by an object thrown from the the crowd during a Dune Part Two panel at Comic Con in Sao was it Sao Paulo, Brazil, on Sunday. She was standing next to her co-stars mm-hmm. as they posed for photographs close to the edge of the stage. The unidentified object appeared to come from the audience above and landed directly on her eye. So I asked him, and, and, and I was given this by, by Kev, and mm-hmm. he was like, I love these stories. I love it when people throw things at people. Would you like to explain yourself? Like, I you actually are, said, I like it when people throw things at celebrities. Why mm. is that? It will never cease to make me laugh. Why? Because I'm a bad guy. I don't know. I mean, like, what is, does there have to be any type of physical harm to enhance? Makes it funnier. Enjoyment? Makes it funnier. Yeah. Kind of- and I like Florence Pugh for the record. Say, yeah. Nothing against her personally. I just find this to be hilarious. Listen, have you ever have you seen the film Don't Worry, Darling? No. Honestly, as a uh, on a whole, I don't know if it was if it worked. But the truth is that she was sensational. Big fan. Yeah, of her and don't worry, darling. No, she's a great so actress. You wouldn't be throwing things at. No, her. not at all. She was also in uh, Midsummer. Do you find it funny though when people are standing in a public no. environment and they get hit with stuff? No, I think are, they do should you be get treated excited like- at, at at concerts, Kevin, where people throw stuff on stage and hit some of the musicians. Why? That's not as funny. Was, Unless it's like tomatoes, like tomatoes or uh, coins. That might be funny. Coins. Yeah. Why? W- why were they throwing things at her? They, because they're because it's funny. No, it's not. All right, they should be treated like Big Dom and yeah, tossed tossed no, into you know worse than Big Dom. Big Dom just had to leave the, the yeah, field. No, no, I'm saying Big those Dom, people need to go to jail. Them and Big Dom should that both is, be yeah. sent away. See how funny it is when you spend a nickel in Chillicothe. Don't that's be, what I'm talking about. Don't be throwing stuff at Florence Pugh. Speaking about that, uh, here's a story for you. Because you know Florida or Ohio, Florida. I know we're. Well said. In a lewd feat of multitasking, an ex-con was arrested for indecent exposure after he was spotted mm-hmm. playing around while riding a bicycle, police report. A female witness told police that she's doing wheelies. Was he doing wheelies? No, but he was he was doing some wheelie bad stuff. Mm. Get it? Was he was his chain broken? Was he fixing I, his chain? No. The chain on his bike. No. He was, was, was he lubricating his chain? Was he, no. was, was he riding the handlebars? No. Hmm. Okay. Was he was he, play, was he playing, with his, playing with his pegs? Is that pegs? a better way to, to say it? He was doing that while... He, 44 years old, he was riding a bike mm-hmm. and doing... So I he, don't even know so if you that, can like, say it. Part so, of me wait, wait, wait. and masturbating. I was going to say so. So I first of all, and so by we, the way, this so was this at was the very least Gulf, it was sh- Gulf Shores, Florida, or Clearwater, Florida. So at the very least, he was riding his bike one handed. At the very least, I, yes, Possibly or no, no hands. I'm just saying, like that's impressive. A, I think you have to. A, I, I, I condemn it because you're in public and you shouldn't be Ride, doing that. Riding stuff. a bike. B. I, I mean, I'm Pub- somewhat. I'm, I'm somewhat impressed by the talent that it would take to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. This, this you may need to get could, this guy to Paris. Where, like this, this might be an Olympic sport. Could you ever? Were you ever someone who 
rode your bike without hands? I could. I yeah. could too, but for how I long? I didn't want to do how it. How long did you press it? I was not a good bike rider. I mm. wrecked my bike so often. Mm-hmm. I just I was not a good but I don't know why, but yeah. Some people are better at riding bikes than me. And I'm not. I'm not a good bike rider. But this right now, I mean, the look on his face of, of accomplishment and the mugshot is, is also quite telling. Just like, what's going on? What's going on these days? Yeah. Kevin's applauding people getting hit with stuff. Celebrities. On stage. Yeah. Other guys are riding their bikes with their pants off and, and Pop, popping wheelies. Yeah. I don't know. All right, that's all I got for you. All right. That does it for a while. Class it up for us, Jeff. Another Class rough. it up for us. Another fantastic edition. Yeah. Uh, up next, we will discuss a little bit more about the college football playoffs. Oh, Florida State's left out. Are you surprised? We'll talk about it next here on Waddle and Sylvie.